Welcome to Quirks of Creation. I'm your host, Elise. And with me for your ASMR pleasure is Jess Holmes. Hello, everybody. I definitely sound like this on purpose and not at all because I'm sick. It's not her cold. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> you know, we had to do that to you guys a little bit. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I promise we won't whisper and make weird noises through the whole thing. Just not through the whole thing. Maybe through a little bit of the thing. Maybe through some of the thing. Yeah. I make weird noises just in general, so yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. You're lucky I couldn't find a chalkboard because I was going to like. Oh, yeah. You nails know. on a chalkboard. Do really bad ASMR. Exactly. <laughs> just like the worst. We're going to set everybody on edge before we even get started. I know, right? <laughs> so if you're still here, congratulations. <laughs> you made it through the test. You made it. Thank you. <laughs> well, again, welcome. We're so excited. Obviously, we're going to be talking about ASMR, sound waves, all that good stuff. So I will let my partner in crime here talk about what she's going to talk about. Give us a little intro. What's up, Jess? How you doing? I'm I'm recovering. So tonight, guys, please bear with me. I will try my hardest not to aggressively cough in everybody's ear. But we're going to do it. We're going to make through it. And it's going to be awesome because I definitely didn't do all of my research last minute and found amazing things. It, but we yeah. never do that. Oh, never. Not mm -mm. ever. No one's ever put an episode together like an hour before the show. Def definitely not. We're definitely professionals. Not. <laughs> I did spend all week listening to ASMR. So I did this for y'all. <laughs> did you enjoy it? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to talk about sound, the impact of sound on the human body. I'm really excited about all of that. Before we get started tonight, I want to give a big shout out to Sheila18, who is our latest local subscriber. Yay! Yay! Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us. And guys, don't forget our second episode of Quirks or Quacks is now live on local. So if you want to check that out, if you want to watch us review some crazy content on Instagram and TikTok and like look at its efficacy and if they're just like quirky but interesting or certified quacks, they have no idea what they're talking about. You guys should check it out. Check it out. Absolutely. And get to see us be a little more casual. Yeah, maybe a little more casual. I may or may not or be wearing a tight. lab coat, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I also want to just mention before we jump into this that if you've noticed the last couple of episodes, we haven't been jumping off of YouTube. We've been staying on there. And we want to say we're not going back on our word here or anything like oh, yeah. that. It's just simply the fact that the streaming service that we're using right now doesn't have a feature for us to just shut that off in the middle of the stream without turning everybody off, I think is the, mm -hmm. the issue. So they, ha um, 
they're actually really great about working with us and like making a lot of changes that we need as we as we move on. They're fairly new and they've been doing a lot for us. And that's something that they're still working on. So again, we're not changing our minds on this. We still demonetize YouTube. But yeah. Just so you know what's up. We wanted to give a little shout I love out that. I that. think that's important to mention because you're right. We I mean, YouTube is always trying to steal from its creators. It's trying to censor its creators. And we're not about that. And yeah, the only reason we're still on YouTube for the majority of the episode is because we're using this new streaming service. If you notice our podcast, it looks a lot better because yeah. we're using this streaming service. We're professionals. Yeah. That's right. You know what we're doing? That's right. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, Base Babe real quick in the chat was like, I wouldn't have asked you to do that. But thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. You can go to bed with that tonight. That's right. All right. So to get started tonight, let's do a little bit of talk about sound. What is sound? Why sound? What does it do? All those things. Uh, sound is just a vibration, right? If you think of the pluck of a guitar string or the tremble of a vocal cord, it's just air molecules vibrating around an object that are disturbed from their resting position. And it basically starts this crazy chain reaction. Um, I'm sure everybody has seen this image of a wave before a sound wave. You have your compressions, which are when the air molecules are closest together, and you have your rarefactions when they're below average pressure. And you get that nice little sine wave. Energy transfer happens parallel to the direction of the original vibration. And just so we're clear on how we're measuring sound. We talk about sound waves in terms of frequency, aka pitch. If you think about the musical scale, I'm not musically talented at all. I'm sure, Elise, I don't know, do you do music at all? In private. <laughs> right. I think there's like an A and a G and a right. S in there. Yeah. All those letters, like the pitch is the frequency Amplitude is intensity, how high the wave is or how loud it sounds. Velocity is how fast it moves through a material. And wavelength is the distance between two identical peaks. So from like uh, the top of one hump to the top of another hump. Just refreshing some uh, sixth grade science or whenever you would have learned this. Yes, I totally remembered all of that. Just kidding. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I think we got a rumble rant over in the chat. Mm -hmm. Sure did. Wartime propaganda. Yay. Hitting us up with some demonetized YouTube, which I didn't add Love to it. this screen, but. That's all good. Thank you so much, wartime propaganda. Thank you. You're, You're right. I love it. Oh, yeah. Before we move on from waves, I do want to talk about like how waves can kind of phase in and out because I think this is cool. So if two waves start at zero degrees, they would be completely in phase with one another, right? So if we think about this graph right here, if both humps are aligned, they would be in phase. So the height of the hump would get bigger, right? The intensity or the amplitude would get bigger. And if they're completely out of phase, they would essentially cancel each other out. So no sound would occur. I think that's kind of cool. That is really cool. Gotcha. 
All right, so all of that is going to be important as we talk about sound. However, sound isn't the only thing that acts like a wave, because if you guys remember our fifth episode, when we talked about quantum mechanics, light and matter also behave like waves. That's right. Before you jump into that, yeah. we have another rumble rant. Aww. Yay. So Britta NS4K, cold and flu ASMR, new trend just dropped. We're on to oh, something. Gosh. We're on to something. We're going to start the new trend, literally coughing into the microphone. <laughs> and rubbing the cough drops. Yes, rubbing the cough drop wrapper into the <laughs> microphone. Very relaxing. I think so we found our relaxed. new niche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is now the cold and flu ASMR channel. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I love it. Thank you so Me much, too. Britta. Thanks, Britta. For those of you who are just listening and not watching, you really are missing out on the crazy hand motions in Elise's giant mug. So yeah. you guys need to go on over to Rumble, subscribe, all that good stuff. It's just added added to this beautiful concoction that we have here. That's right. <laughs> I love it. All right. So light, matter. We talked about the wave-like nature of light and matter, and at its core, that is different from sound, because sound is a pressure wave, right? It's compressing air molecules or air particles to try and carry the noise, whereas light is an electromagnetic wave. And that makes sense, right? Because we know sound doesn't travel through space because there's no air particles for it to compress, but light has to carry through space, otherwise we wouldn't have any light from the sun. (laughs) So... They are different kind of waves. But I think it's interesting because our brains also produce electromagnetic waves. So think about it like this. We can hear and we can hear sound because compressed air molecules reach the cochlea in our ears. And that vibrational information is converted into electrical signals. So our auditory nerves can convey this information to the brain. So the analog physical compression in a way is translated into kind of like digital or electrical information for our brains to process. Does, gotcha. Does that make sense? Or was that like, if I'm going on a cold induced rant, let me know. <laughs> no, say it. We say it one more time. Just. Yeah. So our brains take that physical air compression that is picked up by the cochlea in our ear and converts it into electrical information that passes between the neurons in our brains because our neurons convey information electrically, essentially. My neurons were very slow, but I think they're picking up. Here we go. You need some more North Arrow coffee, I think. (laughs) I think so too. Here we go. There we go. Yeah. If, <laughs> if your brains are not picking up on what I'm putting down, you need some more North Arrow coffee, which That's is right. awesome because they are pro-life and donate 15% of their proceeds to pro-life charities. So make sure you guys drink some because Yay. they're a good cause and they help your brains work. Yeah. And use quirk, code quirks10 to get 10% off your order. Nailed Definitely. that ad read. Boom. 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 Oh, we should have like shaked up, shook, we should have shook some coffee. I need a ground. bag beans. of beans like Abby has on her yeah. podcast. <laughs> Missed opportunities next time. Oh gosh, we'll just have to do more ASMR. More ASMR episodes because I know that's what you guys want. <laughs> Obviously. All right, so brainwaves 
are essentially electrical readings that reflect brain activity. And these electrical impulses can vary in speed and are measured in cycles per second or hertz. Well, we're going to be using the term hertz a lot because that's the unit for frequency. So in theory, you can detect a person's mental state and measure brain activity in certain areas and connect it to a particular function when looking at brain activity. So if I'm using my motor skills, it'll light up a certain part of the brain. If I'm thinking really hard about something or if I'm feeling really intensely about something, it'll light up different parts of the brain. That sort of thing. Right. And just like all waves and frequencies, brain waves also have a spectrum. And that's what we're going to start talking about next. The spectrum of the brain. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. So the, the brain waves that are considered to be deep sleep, the slowest ones are called delta brain waves. These are between one and four hertz. And they're the slowest, but they also have the highest amplitude. So you can think of them going long and slow, which is what you would expect if you're asleep, right? Your brain's kind of on reset. It's not doing a whole lot. It's just keeping your body functioning while you conk out. Thank goodness. Thank goodness, right? (laughs) Otherwise, I'd never wake up. Me neither. But most commonly observed during dreamless sleep is the most restful sleep. So this is when your body is triggering a lot of hormone production. Your body's in a deep state of relaxation. This is the most restorative sort of sleep, or at least that's how it's been associated. And it's been found in individuals who have like different types of brain injuries that they will produce delta waves during waking hours. And that makes it really difficult to perform conscious tasks. I just found that kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. And again, makes sense. You're if my brain is moving well. long yeah. and slow, yeah. like so it's doing you. right now, because <laughs> I'm on cold time. <laughs> I don't have that excuse. It just is what it is. It just is what it, you have, though. You haven't had enough North Arrow coffee. That's right. Right. I'm working right. on it. Yeah. So maybe you're working a little bit more up to the theta waves. Right. These are the sort of meditative first stages of sleep. They're present when you're like relaxing or waking up from a light nap. I don't know a single person who's ever had a light nap. I don't know about you. When I nap, I'm I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. I know people who are. I don't know. I know people who can power nap in 10 minutes and wake up totally refreshed. I'm like, what are you? I always wake up worse off after a nap every single time. Yeah. It's like I might as well not have napped at all. I shouldn't have slept. (laughs) Because now I just want to go back to sleep. Yep. (laughs) I find this one interesting because this one is also associated with REM sleep. I wondered. Okay. Yeah. So this is like when you're doing a lot of dreaming and mental imagery. So I don't know. If it's also associated with the light nap, you would think when you're in REM sleep, that's your deepest sleep, but it's actually not. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess I've always just assumed that. Nope. Right? Yeah. I guess it makes sense if you spend a lot of your time dreaming when you're sleeping, you wake up feeling kind of exhausted. Yeah. It's because you weren't actually sleeping very deeply. Right. Didn't hit that level you needed to. Yeah. 
Um, again, excessive theta waves during waking hours could indicate brain performance issues and have been associated with signs of neurological problems. It's heavily associated with ADHD, which I think is kind of interesting because as much as ADHD can be overly diagnosed, that yes. doesn't mean there isn't a population of people who suffer from ADHD. Absolutely. And this might be a way to kind of like sift out those who are just trying to diagnose kids because they can't sit still and they're just kids and yeah. people who actually suffer from ADHD. Yeah. But they right? don't, they don't just, they don't. I'm pretty sure they don't. Wow. So no, 20, definitely not. Yeah. Keep going. In 2013, EEGs were approved for use for diagnosing ADHD, but I'd be curious to know how frequently it's actually used. Actually done. Absolutely. Hmm. That's interesting to know. I think that's interesting too, because yeah. as someone who worked in public education for a while, right? I I know that a lot of times that kind of stuff gets diagnosed by like school counselors and yes. stuff. <clears throat> There's yes. no way your school counselor has an EEG on hand. No. <laughs> yeah. So if you think your kid might have ADHD, maybe get this checked out first. Yeah. Not cool. to offer actual medical advice because I'm not a medical doctor, but these are just right. questions maybe you could ask. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> All right. So our next type of brain wave are called alpha brain waves. Uh, this is between 7 and 12 hertz. And this is your classic relaxation. You're awake, but you're calm. You're not really thinking much. This is what I imagine people doing when they're sitting there binge watching a TV show or watching a hundred episodes of anime, you know, something crazy like that. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> this one is also interesting because it's also associated with neurological disorders if mm. it's produced in the wrong lobe. So these are typically produced in the backside of the brain. If they're being shown in the frontal lobes, that could be indicative of depressive symptoms, oh. which I found was interesting. Definitely. So they're like two, yeah, well, that, again, the brain's just not functioning correctly. So that's yeah. really the bottom line. Yeah, that's that really is the bottom line. Yeah. Um, the next set are the beta waves. This is between 12 and 40 hertz. So we're getting a little bit faster. And this is just your conscious reasoning. This is the second fastest brain frequency and is associated with engagement. You're aware. You're doing things. Awesome. You are a functional human being. Congratulations. <laughs> You're doing it. You're doing the thing. <laughs> Though I'm sure if you've ever spent any time on social media, you kind of question the <laughs> amount of beta brain waves that are actually out there. Sometimes you wonder if there are any left. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes I Sometimes. have questions. <laughs> How are your beta waves? Yeah, that that would be funny. <laughs> How are your beta waves doing today? Do you have any high functioning? Right. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have a single beta wave? Yeah. Does that still happen for you? It's funny because beta. They say right based on studies. Right. I didn't look mm -hmm. at all the studies. I did as much as I could. Um, <laughs> that our beta waves slow down as we grow older, and that just makes sense yeah. it's well, like it it's a bell curve right as you grow mm -hmm. older they start to get stronger 
because you get more experience. So I guess you're thinking more rationally, but then it starts to taper back off again and gotcha. peter out. I think I hit the peak and now I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on my the, downward. I'm, I'm over the hill. <laughs> I'm 30. It's on over. the downward. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> All right. So the last oh, cool. brain wave that I will mention is the gamma waves. This is between 40 and 70 hertz. And these are typically associated with high level information processing or emotions. They're associated with complex feelings and situations. It's considered to be when the brain is firing on all cylinders. <laughs> um, so admittedly, these are hard to measure with an EEG because it's like, how do you get a patient in a situation in which they're going to be emitting yeah. these types of brain waves? Trigger them. Yeah, like you're just going to start fighting with your patient or something right, to right, get right. them to be like, ah, gamma waves. <laughs> It does say processing complex information. So maybe you find high IQ patients. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. I, I think this one's interesting because it's associated with human complexity. And I wonder, this is just me hypothesizing. I have no scientific basis for this at all. I wonder if this is an emission of the soul or the, the abstract mind yeah. in some way. Yeah. Because like we talked about, there's this unseen world out there we're trying so hard to detect and make sense of. Mm -hmm. And it's not like gamma waves are undetectable. It's just a challenge to detect. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the spiritual world is out there that much we know for certain. And I believe that magnetic fields are the spiritual kind of starting to leak into the physical world. And I could just as easily see like this wave or our soul spirit leaking into the physical world. I don't know. No way to confirm like, this, but it's just the thought. I always love your hypotheses, hypotheses, because they give me goosebumps every time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, but no, I think that's a that's awesome. We're trying to make the intangible tangible, right? And I think it can be done, especially with certain things, um, at some level. But like you said, like with yeah. the what gamma rays? Yeah, gamma waves. gamma waves. Um, yeah, not the Hulk, not the gamma rays, <laughs> gamma waves. Yes, the waves. Harder to detect. So, yeah. and um, I like that hypothesis. That's a good one. Yeah, because I mean, mm. it's not like we have concrete evidence of the soul, and I don't think we would ever have it, right? Um, but as Christians, right. we believe in it, and we know it exists. It's just interesting to think that there might be lines or barriers that it could cross through. I don't know. Absolutely. All right. So having having our ranges of brainwaves in mind, let's start talking about ASMR. Dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Reno well, Rob coming in here. to help us out. Oh, good. That's what I was just about to explain. <laughs> what is a, 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 bleh, that what thing? does ASMR stand for? It is Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, in case y'all were wondering. Thank you so there much, Reno Rob. Yeah. Coming in clutch. Coming in clutch. <laughs> okay. So this basically describes the multi-sensory experience when a person is exposed to certain audio and visual triggers. I think I have a cool little graphic for it. Yeah. So it's this idea that you get a tingling sensation 
They describe it as this feeling around the head and the neck area. And the way I think of it is like when my grandma used to brush my hair when I was a little kid, I'd feel kind of relaxed and I'd get little tingles at the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like this sensation of being close to another person you trust, right? Associated with gentle, natural sounds and movements, things like that. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And so people have also described it as that feeling you get uh, when you listen to a song that is emotionally powerful and it gives you the goosebumps, uh, Mm -hmm. except like in your head and neck. Starts starts up here, works its way down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just a fun side note. I learned this week that there's a proper scientific name for the goosebumps and I hate it. Ah, what is it? I don't know. Lower erection. (laughs) <laughs> i hate it <laughs> pilo is latin for hair why is it this way i'll stick with goosebumps yeah i'll stick but... with goosebumps <laughs> but now you know now you know <laughs> now you know the more you know yep. <laughs> yeah did you okay so you were listening to a bunch of asmr this week mm-hmm. in preparation for this so did you get any of those <laughs> sensations <laughs> It depends. Mm. So there were some that made me feel like really weird and grossed out. Like the mouth sounds, like people <laughs> smacking Even just into saying it. Mm, nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't nope. like that. I did like um, people who would like tap on a surface. That one was okay. Mm. It was just like anything that was calm or relaxing. I didn't like listening to people talk, like really whisper, <laughs> and they smack their lips. I want to just smack them. <laughs> like this is not relaxing. This is not. This is the antithesis of being relaxed. <laughs> and I actually want to. I want to bring this up because there is the opposite of getting that ASMR tingle, and it's called misphonia. When you're so intensely sensitive to sound that Mm. it triggers uh, an intense emotional response. And so that can go either way, right? You can either be very emotionally positive or very emotionally negative. And like the mouth sounds made (laughs) me want to throw things. Ah. All right. So when I want to get you angry. Yeah, just chew in my ear. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like like that girl you know who was always chewing the bubble gum. Really? Ah, yes. Yeah, that girl in sixth grade who could not get with it, always blowing the hubba bubba. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember you. I remember her. But but there are some things that were relaxing. People trying to mimic the sounds of rain. I find yeah. the sound of rain extremely relaxing. Uh, so things like that. Watching people paint was very relaxing. Oh, yeah. I blame Bob Ross for all of this. Definitely. It is Bob Ross's fault we have ASMR. I am not going to lie. I didn't think about that as ASMR. But I put that on for my girls to fall asleep to all the time. Like there are YouTube videos of people painting and you can just hear them and watch them. Hear the brush paint. strokes. Yep. yep. And they fall asleep to that all the time. Very yeah. relaxing. It I is. I find that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, 
There are also kind of like weird categories on the internet. <laughs> Nuh-uh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no way. No way. Uh, that that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. But so of course you had to look into them for research. Of course, for research. <laughs> there was this guy who had like a Shrek cut out and he was like tapping on Shrek's head. I was like, mm-mm. No. The done. the one that creeped me out the most was the Reiki ASMR. Mm. I watched maybe two minutes of it. It made me feel sick to my stomach. Uh, I could see that as being like super demonic or pagan. Yeah. Uh, so you have to be careful sure. where you go when you look for this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was also watching lots of videos of people reviewing ASMR. I know mm. lots of medical professionals were upset at the whole medical imitation ASMR oh. where like these very attractive women would dress up as doctors and <laughs> pretend to give you a checkup. And you kind of wonder on, on the one hand, you can see where people would be very relaxed by that. Just someone being close to you, talking to you, sure. things like that. I could see sure. where that would be relaxing. On the other hand, if it's a dude watching it, I have questions. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I'm specifically going to focus on the people who engage in the behavior for relaxation, not the yeah. other weird stuff. Right. Um, because thus far, there is a, really been a mix of people who are capable of, like, getting those tingles and people who are not. Because, like, some people just don't get the tingles at all. Right. Um, so the induction is perceived as an involuntary process, and it's dependent on a lot of factors. Most of them relate to how open you are to being relaxed or how open you are to a new experience. Like if you're super grumpy, the chances of you experiencing the ASMR phenomenon are kind of low. Like if <laughs> I got on YouTube and I was like, this is dumb. I don't even know why I'm doing this. I don't like it. I don't like it. That's how I felt after watching the mouse sounds one. Well, yeah. 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 Like but there's no recovering from this today. <laughs> I'll try again tomorrow and start with rain sounds. <laughs> right. Because don't get me wrong. Like, I need white or brown noise to fall asleep. I love falling asleep to the sound of rain. Mm -hmm. So I totally get the relaxing, relaxing aspect. Yes. Do you hear a small echo? Yes. <laughs> it's like there's a ghost in the room. Hmm. What is Weird. happening? I don't know. And Abby Libby Olivia appeared here. <gasps> oh! <laughs> and there's an echo. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, yes, I'm a big fan of ASMR. Um, what, what, I, I'm here to defend ASMR. Against, defend it, Abby. Against all... And also fix the echo. Oh, is there an echo? Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. I think, I think it's, it's just, just me and, and Jess. Jess. Uh, how's that? Test. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. Good. Good. Oh. Yay. Right. Good. Yay. Okay. Yay. Where were we? <laughs> Defending. Okay. ASMR. I like listening to it because it's not it's not just relaxing. It makes you feel cared about. And I think that there's something deeply emotional about it. Not everyone likes it. I think the, the pretend works for some people and it doesn't work for others. Mm. Um, and the different types of ASMR... 
there are creators I love and half their stuff I don't like because it's just not a role play that I particularly enjoy or a sound I particularly enjoy, but they'll do a wide variety. I really like the doctor visits ones because someone gives a fuck about your well-being. It's just someone kind of quietly talking to you and asking you questions and, and making those small sounds that you associate with something positive. So kind of what it comes down to at its base is what memories do you have from your childhood of your mother? What memories do you have of quiet, comfortable moments where you were perfectly at peace? And can the ASMR artist because they are artists, mm -hmm. can they access those memories through sound? It's like a sound-based memory. Mm -hmm. Very, very soft. And the way that you know if it's good is if you get that tingle up your neck, right? We've talked about that. Do we right. know what that is scientifically? They don't. No. Okay. I, I have a chronic neck issue on one side. It means that not not just am I in pain a lot on that side, but I also feel pleasure more on that side. And when I get tingles from ASMR, it is only down oh, wow. that line of pain. So one of the huge reasons I do it is because it's the only time I can ever get it to stop hurting for a second. And I can get a nice like tingle of good stuff down it. That I don't know sense. why. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's really cool. Awesome. So that's like my, that. that's my defensive ASMR. Do you have any questions for the expert? <laughs> Who has watched a bunch this week for, for the purposes of this and almost fallen asleep at my desk. You're welcome. I did it for you. <laughs> you definitely did it for us. <laughs> I think it's so cool that it gives you that moment, that free moment from mm -hmm. your pain. Because that gives me a whole new perspective on it. A lot of things I was reading was uh, relief from anxiety, relief from depression. And I can totally understand that because you get that closeness aspect and it yeah. became very popular during the pandemic, as you can imagine, because we were all cut off Absolutely. from other people. But the fact that it could relieve physical pain for you, I think is so cool. Yeah. It's like a trickle yeah. of cold water down your nerve. Yeah. It's, um, oh, you're still playing on my phone. <laughs> Awkward. 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 <laughs> And you won't shut up. Shut up. Sorry. No. I can't be what shut up. It's my own voice. <laughs> um, so so you when you watch ASMR, do you do you like it? Do you get that trickle of trickle down your nerve? I only got it during the ones where people didn't talk. Uh, and there was either light tapping or mimicking sounds of rain. Like there was this girl okay. who put a towel over the microphone. And when she touched it, it sounded like gentle rumbling of thunder. Mm. And I do, oh, cool. you're right. I do have good memories of like sitting in my room as a kid, reading a book and listening to the rain. Like yes. that's peak memory. And so I never thought about connecting it back to memory. That is so cool. That is a really great way to. It's yeah. an incredible access point for the type of memory you could never pull up at yeah. will. Yeah. And, so uh, smells do the same I was, thing. I was just going to say that. Yep. And smells do that too. So it makes sense that sounds would do that for you. Just like yeah. smells. So cool. Sensory stuff is, mm -hmm. is crazy. But yeah, there are some ASMR things where the sound that they're doing, I do not at all associate with a good memory. And I'm like, no, that sounds like nails on styrofoam. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Nope. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but um, the ones that you, you said Reiki, what was that that you associated I, with a demonic thing? Th there were literally, they would label them Reiki and it'd be like a woman 
moving her hands over a person, not ever touching them, and saying, I can feel your aura over on this side. It seems very clogged. Have you been doing X, Y, Z to cleanse your aura? And I'm like, oh, it made me feel so sick and gross. Yeah. There are ones I like them, but I I see that they're kind of on the edge of that spiritual thing where they're like, I'm just going to pluck out your negative thought. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a, okay. I want to talk about the placebo effect. Okay. Yeah. This is why the plucking, I, I, I think of it like, cause I can almost feel it. Like when they're like this, I'm just going to pluck out all your, like, think about whatever your, um, whatever you're anxious about and just, I'm going to just pull it out. And there's almost a placebo effect to like, if you mm-hmm. believe that she's pulling it out, right. It yeah. goes. And it's that same we can let go of things. It's just a matter of like finding the right door to open so we can take out the trash. And so, but it's right on the line of that spiritual thing. But I think one of the reasons why doctors are mad about it and they can't put their finger on or won't say why is that most doctor visits are completely useless. A hundred percent. Totally All agree. All they do is make you feel cared about, make yeah. you feel, they, they ask you questions. They get you thinking about what's going on in your body. They make you, you know, at best, they make right. you feel worried about. At right. best, they deliver a placebo effect. If you can, ex- if you can exert that same level of belief for an ASMR doctor visit, you get the exact same benefit for free. Right. Yeah, that totally get one hundred percent respect. I just have like small concerns when people try and use it for different things, right? Things that are like, if I tried sure. to use it, like. There were ones about cold and flu. I've been sick all week, guys. I tried some of those. My cold is still here, you know? <laughs> they were they were actually pretending to fix it? Yeah. They were okay. like, let, let me put this cotton swab out up your nose. I'm going to pull it out and you will be decongested. Okay, yeah. That's, that's, um, yeah. That's not what I watch at all. And then <laughs> Jess went. <laughs> still congested. If somebody is interested in trying something and you want to try something that's like safe and kind of mm-hmm. on the um, GB ASMR on YouTube is a really big channel. She does all of these really quirky role plays. One of my favorite is like in it, you're a computer and the person is like updating you and like, it's just fun. And then yeah. there's all the tapping, you know, the yeah. um, keyboard tapping and, and it's just, there's nothing weird going on. It's It's just a, I it's actually really like the one you sent me, which was like super meta. And she's it like filling your prescription for ASMR and she'd open the pill bottle and different sounds would come out of it. I, I thought that one was cute. I like the part where she's like, you can't take this while operating heavy machinery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will, I will find that you guys talk for a second on your own okay. show. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so if you would like some science behind ASMR, I have some cool brain scans I would love to share with you guys. Because, like I said, researchers have admitted that there's some, like, actual scientific evidence that this can relieve actual depression and actual anxiety. Uh, Because, remember, we were talking about brain waves earlier, and ASMR has the most effective power between that eight and 18 Hertz trigger. So it triggers the production of those alpha waves, those relaxation waves. And so this study using functional magnetic resonance imaging, fMRI 
looked at the neural response of the brain to ASMR. So basically, these are just scans of the brain to show the neural pathways that are triggered when a person listens to it. Um, so I can show us some cool images of it. Okay, so this is a brain at just relaxed state. You see little uh, neurons firing, popping off. That's cool. When they're listening to ASMR, though, look at how the brain just lights up. Oh, that's a big difference. That's a huge <laughs> difference. Like that's that's a crazy response <clears throat> to ASMR. Like we can actually see it. You can see regions of the brain that's really responding well to it. I yeah. thought that was that was really cool. That is cool. So if you're listening and not watching, the first slide she was showing us, you see different scans of the brain. There's like one or two, right? You know, just very few dots. And then the next one, it's like boom, there's a huge cluster on both like, sides. Literally, yeah, both sides of the brain. Mm -hmm. You have some in the frontal lobe. You have some in the rear and the side lobes yep. really lighting up. Um, and before I wonder, you, I wonder if that's because of how much attention you're giving to it. So if mm. you listen to ASMR kind of in the background, it's not going to have the same effect as if you sit deep engaged. And like right. really listen. And that's the only thing you're doing. And when people are listening to it to fall asleep, that is the only thing that they're doing. I only get the tingles when I'm like really listening. And I wonder if that's what the scan is showing. I think that's true because they were specifically trying to see which areas of the brain lit up when a person got the tingles. Uh, mm. And so that's what they were interested in when you were really honed in. Mm -hmm. to ASMR. And you're right, because like when I was just trying to listen to it in the background while I was in meetings and like doing lesson planning, I was like, this isn't doing anything at all for me. But when I like <laughs> sat down and actually watched the video and put all my concentration in it, that's when I could notice it. Yeah. And you said you had to be kind of open to it too. Mm -hmm. Like in, yeah. if you're going in with this negative or even just kind of closed-minded aspect to it it's not yeah. going to do the same for you either so right you do have to participate in order for it to access those those really warm memories you have to be open to the role play of it i guess or the pretend of it mm -hmm. um and, and i that think makes sense. Are, I, sometimes i'm like wow this is really sad like asmr <laughs> base is for people who miss their mothers like and yeah. it's not your mom Makes and sense. and it never will be and so in, in some ways it yeah it is pretty sad but on the other hand it is a real person who, you yeah. know, cares about their craft. So you are a hundred percent right that they're artists because I just think of the video editing that I do and how complicated it is just to make little clips to put on TikTok. I can't imagine the amount of time and effort it takes to overlay those sounds and make it sound enjoyable and soft and gentle and not like oppressive. I mean, kudos to them. That's a yeah. real skill. I never, I have never seen a successful guy doing it. It's always women. I think there's something mm -hmm. about the feminine mm -hmm. that is necessary for it. I've seen gay guys try to do it with like long nails and it's just, nope. Not, not working, not working for you. Yeah. There is one guy I saw who has like this very deep and very masculine voice who would play with this really fluffy microphone. I kind of liked his. Okay. Okay. But that's, that's the only guy I saw that, like you said, most of them were women. Yeah, maybe I haven't met the right male AS smartest yet, but you got to find the right guy. He's out there. He's out there. Just got to keep looking. You, it doesn't quite count, but there is a guy on TikTok who chops wood. 
and like I do like the sound of that, like the the ASMR aspect of the of the chopping wood. But is it the sound or is it like the muscles he's using as he chops the wood? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) We'll save that for the chat. Yeah, right. (laughs) I do appreciate that you say it is that intimacy, that memory yeah. of your mother, because I think people go into it and they're like, this just makes me feel good. And I don't know why. And I think it's important to know, to know why, why you're doing the yes. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's something about the things that we do to relax. Part of the problem is that the world that we live in is so like your, your attention is so scattered in so many directions. And ASMR is like, just listen to this. This, this is the one thing, like just and I think that relaxation is something that uh, people didn't used to struggle with so much prior our attention is pulled in so many different directions all the time and it's not just necessarily like life but you have you know your cell phone for example with you all the time so it's going off your it's ringing it's dinging it's all these things and so it's Mm -hmm. like even when you're trying that'll pull your attention and then life too of course but Right. right Yeah, I think we've kind of lost touch with how to just like let it go. There's relax. something about paying attention to something. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like undivided. I think about the brain scan. Like what if we could be lit up like that every moment of our lives just by being locked in, mm-hmm. focused on something. More present. Yeah. Yeah, I like that because uh, the sections of the brain that were lit up were the nucleus acumens, which is like that interface uh, with motivation and reward. So st- it could be stress related. It could be that reward center. That part makes sense. There's the medial prefrontal cortex that is involved in decision making and long-term memory. So now that long-term memory actually makes sense now mm-hmm. when you put mm-hmm. that in perspective. There's mm-hmm. the yeah. insula, which is the subjective feeling state and the somatosensory cortex, which is intensity of pain. Mm. So I just, mm-hmm. that's so interesting. Because you know how when people get sick, yeah, they're like, I, like <laughs> I do know, sick. actually. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely foreign concept, I know. But yeah. some people will say, I like being sick because it makes me access all of these cozy memories of like when I was younger and my mom would take mm. care of me being sick. And it's, it, it's stupid in some level because it's like you're you're sick you're not supposed to be happy right. Being sick. Right, right but it's the same like thing as a set of sensations that link you to a to a past yeah. thing yeah someone in the chat said oh oh it's britta the intimacy yeah. of asmr is what makes it irritating to me and i think that that's fair mm-hmm. i think that that's why there are so many doctor role plays because it gives an excuse for the intimacy while still saying this person is a stranger yeah. Yeah. Instead of yeah. the person pretending to be your mom right. or your best friend, like you don't see role plays where the person p- pretends to be your mom. I, at least I haven't seen them yet. They're not. They're they not be on the deep internet, which we don't. Might want be. To. Yeah. Right. Right. How but far yeah. do you want to go? Right. <clears throat> but I agree with her there too. I think that's what is difficult for me, and I think it's. I have a hard time just letting go and let like letting the experience. I'm mm-hmm. just sitting there like, wh- I don't know if I'm just too jaded <laughs> or <laughs> what my problem is, but I'm always like, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no. And that's, um, that's, 
I don't want I like shame on me. <laughs> I would love to be more open to it because to have I wonder if it's like hypnotism. You know, some people are more likely to be hypnotized. I don't even yeah. know if hypnotism works, but they say if you're open to it, you can be hypnotized, right? Yeah. I've been I arguably I have been. Mm. So I mean maybe there's a direct through line there of like if you're open to this level of I think there's like a suspending disbelief like yeah. if you're willing to do that um you might <laughs> you might like ASMR and hypnotism there you go <laughs> I would say I have been too uh it was like senior year of high school and it was this like party thing they were doing mm-hmm. for all the seniors and uh, but I just remember my one of my favorite teachers came up to me and he's like I thought you were too smart to be hypnotized <laughs> I was like, well, guess not. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, that was his, like, take on it was, yeah. if you're I intelligent, like- you shouldn't be. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> I like Britta's thought process here because she's like, it feels intrusive in a way, not to sound leftist, but my brain goes, I don't consent. And <laughs> you're right, it is intrusive. Yeah. I mean, if you are accessing a type, if a stranger is accessing a type of memory that you can't, that's so deep in you that you can't even access that at will yeah yeah that's that's a very intimate intrusive thing which is i think why i i don't go surfing for asmr i'll like pick one artist and like lock in on them for a long period of time um because at least you get the parasocial relationship where it feels like you have some sort of yeah like when you have a favorite streamer or somebody you lock into yeah yeah (laughs) i'll just do asmr for you and it'll be okay Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. Yeah. I have a feeling Abby will be much better at that than we are. <laughs> you got to do the towel one. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Really fuzzy microphone. Yeah, the fuzzy microphone. Hang on. Hang on. I <laughs> bury <laughs> the platypus. Oh, guys, if you are just listening, you are missing it. I don't think this is working. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I don't nope. have the right type of microphone. No, I think yeah. I have a really sensitive microphone. Yeah. PJ, give me a new microphone so I can do ASMR on Hawkhound. <laughs> ASMR Hawkhound coming right at you. Coming right up. <laughs> We're on to something new. <laughs> the role play is Bigfoot visits you. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, it. <laughs> PJ in the chat. No. No. <laughs> Fine, fine. I like how he comes just to disillusion you. Uh, No, I want to. I want to understand more of the science. Why does it work? They don't really know why it works. So, like, let's go through some EEGs. Um, An EEG is an electrocephalogram, and just like you would do an EKG for electrical signals from your heart, EEGs are electrical signals in the brain. And so these are used to look at brain activity uh, and I can show you guys some of those and how they light up. These are just the sections of the brain we talked about earlier. If you're seeing the images. All right. Yeah. So there are some parts of the brain. You see the blue images that are just like really slow waves, but then you get the higher intensity EEGs when you start dealing with ASMR, like especially around alpha waves, like you get lots and lots of images and lots and lots of activity, which I just think is 
so interesting. Yeah, again, you get lots of activity in the frontal lobe and the side lobes. Again, they don't know why it's happening, just that it is. Just that it is. Yeah, so it's decreasing delta power in the prefrontal regions, increasing alpha power in the perennial frontal and temporal regions, increases low beta. Basically, it's increasing your alertness and your relaxation, but decreasing your tendency to sleep and decreasing complex waves. Mm. Which is interesting that it's decreasing tendency for deep sleep because most people use it to sleep, right? That, okay, that's fascinating. So it is, it's relaxing you, but it's not. Not putting you to sleep. It's putting you in like a meditative state. It's a light sleep. I have noticed this. When I go to sleep with ASMR, I eventually have to turn it off Mm. and actually go to sleep. Mm. Because it's just kind of a floaty, that top level of sleep. That's interesting like you, your brain yeah. is still listening to it while your mind is sleeping, and so you can't, you, you can't, can't actually fall. sleep. Yeah, it, and that is so like accurate to so many things that we pursue. Of like the thing that you're pursuing to fix a problem is making your problem worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not me. No. <laughs> we have so many conspiracy ASMR uh, things in the chat. <laughs> yeah. um, PJ cannot say no to all these things. Uh, okay. Yeah, lay them on us. We want to hear them for the next episode of Conspiracy Pills. Okay. these my, my ideas are role play. You're in an MK Ultra session. Role play. You're a frog and the water is turning you gay. <laughs> role play. The government is manipulating weather in your area. See? Oh, like rain stuff. sounds. Yeah. All right. Rain. Role play. Harp. And then Britta's are even better. She's like, role play, you're faking a movement. <laughs> There's too much gold here to ignore. I'm just right. going to yeah. throw that out there. I love uh, it. We're going to. Yeah. I think we have enough votes in Hawkhound, the three of us, to override PJ. So. Oh, snap. You're, you're witnessing the takeover <laughs> again. Role play. Dyatlov passed. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Please continue with the science. Okay. So since we've talked about how ASMR can, like, help relax us, let's talk about sound healing because mm-hmm. people are interested in, like, healing more than just, right, depression, anxiety, sleeplessness. There were people, like I said, who were trying to, like, heal my cold, which obviously mm-hmm. didn't work. Um <laughs> But there is a little bit of something there. So there's this principle of entrainment where one rhythmically vibrating object will synchronize with another. Um, And so there's this guy, Dr. Bart, I'm going to say it wrong, Dr. Bartell. He is the big researcher into sound healing. It only started to come up after ASMR got really popular. Mm -hmm. So it's very new sort of neuroscience um, and very new sort of research. But in a way, you can kind of see the hypothesis, right? If my brain is misfiring on some level, it's not putting out the correct amount of beta waves or the correct amount of gamma waves. If I play that certain frequency, 40 hertz particularly, to listen to, my brain should entrain or line up to that sound, synchronize, synchronize to that sound, and start putting it out too. Mm-hmm. 
You guys kind of in, in theory, um, yeah, in theory, yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. that was his theory. Yep. And so uh, he found that patients with Alzheimer's have very, very low beta wave output. And so they are not putting out enough of that 40 hertz brain waves. So, of course, they have memory loss. Mm -hmm. So his idea was to expose his patients for three times a week, 30 minutes a day to like this full body 40 hertz exposure. Like they would sit in this fancy chair and their whole body would just be like hit with these 40 hertz waves. Okay. All right. Show you guys the data. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I need to see this. <laughs> Britta, role play. You're a Jewish space laser. <laughs> <laughs> Britta. Okay, this is Dr. Bartell, in case you needed to know what he looked like. Oh, hey. And this is the chair that you'd sit in. It's kind of hmm. a cool chair. Yeah. All right. This This data is crazy to me. So... His patients over weeks, over sessions, uh, the blank that he put them in, they would just sit there and watch a DVD. But the actual patients accumulatively over time would show improved memory. Wow. Wow. Yep. Because their brain is in training to that sound. It's getting in that frequency. Because again, if you think about the way the electrical signals in our brain works, if my brain is not firing Mm -hmm. enough of a specific frequency, that part of the brain isn't going to function as well. If I entrain or synchronize my brain to a specific sound wave, it will start to synchronize to it and fire off. It's like what we were talking earlier with how chaotic the world is, how our attention is going in all these different directions. If we can just focus on one Mm -hmm. frequency. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Did it, and does that show like how long it, so they would do 30 minutes, three times a week, right? Three times a week. Three times and it a would week. accumulatively improve. Accumulatively, Not just right. improve so it wouldn't... for the session. Every right. time they came back, it was a little bit better, a little bit better. And they Amazing. would be passing more memory tests. They would say they could remember their grandchildren better. Uh, and this is part of its self-reporting, part of its testing, Again, sure. this is new research, relatively right. new. So I would like to see it repeated mm-hmm. to fully believe it, but I can at least see the efficacy of the hypothesis. Yeah. Yeah. He's on to something. He's on to something. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you know the concept of the music of the spheres? No. So mm-hmm. the idea is that all of creation participates in this song. Mm. But that Earth is discordant. Earth is out of it hmm. um, because it's very Tolkien and, and cursed. Yeah, this is this is Lewis is somebody who who talked about this or, or pulled it into focus. Um, but I I want if there's something to it, if there is some sort of song, because yeah, because Tolkien did it yeah. too with creation. If right. we could, if we could pull ourselves back into the right music, theoretically, a lot of things would go better. Mm. Wow. That goes hand in hand, I think, with his hypothesis. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's really cool about Dr. Bartel's studies is he also did this with patients who have fibromyalgia. 
Um, so for those of you who don't know what fibromyalgia is, Elise, do you want to explain it if you want? Uh, I don't know. You don't have I, to if you don't want to. No, if you have a better, I can, you go ahead with your definition. Okay. Like. Mine is just like stuff I pulled from the paper. Yes. So it's basically a muscular skeletal disorder. Uh, and it's basically pain in the body that's associated with fatigue, sleeplessness, memory, and mood. That is it's, a great sum up. Yes, okay, I great agree. sum up. Deals a lot with nerves and that's where the pain comes in. So with fibromyalgia, like you have lupus, which actually attacks the body. Mm-hmm. And fibromyalgia, you just feel like your body's attacking you when it's not. You have this pain and it's really not from anything. So, so it is, a, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, it is your brain telling you are in pain, but there's no physical sign of trauma anywhere. Right. Right. And okay. it's not damaging your organs. It's not necessarily hurting you, <laughs> except the toll. Right. Okay. Except, being in except pain and being really like tired. Yeah. Yes. And I, the I, brain I, fog and all that. There is a, uh, there's a cause. We just, science doesn't know it yet. Science doesn't know it yet. There yeah. is the hypothesis that it is the thalacordial dysrhythmia, which is the idea that your brain waves are misfiring, right? That they're supposed to be putting out a specific alpha oscillation, but the cross frequency is coupling at a lower rate and it's putting out a different oscillation. So it's specifically doing this in the brain centers that sense pain. Okay. So that's the working hypothesis. I don't, I'm iffy on it. Again, I'm not a neurosurgeon, so I I don't know all of the things, Um, but it has also been linked to other physiological and psychological disorders ranging from tinnitus, which is like the ringing in your ears to schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. Mm. They associate it with a lot. Like, right. Yes. There's a lot. Like if you have this, well, for me, I've always, so I deal with fibromyalgia. I was mm-hmm. diagnosed with it when I was 13, um, juvenile fibromyalgia. They're like, maybe it'll go away. Maybe it won't. Well, it didn't. And so <laughs> I still deal with that. But um, it seems to be kind of a blanket in my in my opinion and the research I've done just for myself and the specialists I've talked to and things. It just seems to be like this blanket kind of thing for a lot of things that they can't explain at times, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So like sure. it, you can deal with separate things, but then it all kind of like they just throw it under the blanket of fibromyalgia too. Right. So – it's very um, – and a lot of doctors are like, that's not real. That's not a real thing. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. So when you're dealing with that, you also have to like find who will actually talk to you about it like you're a person and not crazy. So Why, why is it so, that doctors are so willing to dismiss when people are suffering? Like people do it to people who suffer from fibromyalgia. People did it to me when my husband and I were experiencing infertility. It's like, oh, well, you're just not doing something right. I'm like, that doesn't help <laughs> me, okay? No. Right? No. no. And it's, um, you know, it's easier to blame you than it is for them to be yeah. like, well, we can't point to what this is. I has been my experience anyway. Yeah, doctors don't like saying, I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. It's a you problem. <laughs> it's like, me that doesn't problem. make me want to keep coming back to you and giving you $100 every week. There's this conceit that we've basically discovered everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that anything oh, that, so much hubris. 
Yeah, anything we don't have the answer to doesn't exist. Not real. Instead of like going to look for it. Yeah, yeah. It's That's all right. in your head. I and do. Fibro, it kind of is. Some of these things that we're talking about are existing on the edges yeah. of of science and religion. We we have this big wall in our yeah. minds between the, the the science and the spiritual. And there are some things that are inconveniently really blurry on the edge. Yeah. And I think that ASMR, the way it travels into your deep memory and accesses those deep motherly feelings, um, gives you feelings that science can't really explain. Um, things like fibro, things like um, astral projection. Yeah. I um, mean, that's why the spiritual people who are really into it. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. of that is in that messy middle that we don't like to uh, we like to pretend doesn't exist. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So he tested this on fibromyalgia patients. He did. Um, so I'll show you some of his results as well from the fibro patients. So this one is the fibromyalgia impact questionnaire. So this is when they're self-reporting before they were reporting lots of pain after several weeks of exposure, very minimal pain. Um, awesome. Again, what's this one? This one was sleep scale. Most of them were not sleeping after no. more were getting more sleep. Oh, it's cut off. Sleep is nice. Sleep is nice. <laughs> yeah, that one. I can't remember what that one was. Okay, here we Length go. Of yeah. Time. Go How often they were taking their medications ah. after doing this? People basically got off their medication. And I think this wow. one is really cool. Range of motion. I have heard that people struggle to move. Yep. Um, and here they're increasing very much in range of motion. That's awesome. Did so, he play the same um, like hertz mm -hmm, the same for them? Okay. 40 hertz frequency for them. It was a shorter time period, but it was still over several weeks. Accumulatively, he saw improvement. Now I will say... Small sample sizes, like 12 people. Okay. Um, right. He's the only one doing it. it. When I tried to look to see if anyone replicated his work, the only thing I could find related to sound and medicine was, again, the very spiritual sort of people, the new agey sort of people, people dealing with chakras and things like that. And that wasn't even in, like, medical journals. That was in, like, no. anthropology and stuff like that. So. He really is the only guy out there that I could find. Now, if you guys find something else, send it to me. I want to know about it because I find this fascinating. I would love to know if it is reproducible because that's when you can sell mm -hmm. me something. On yeah. the outset, he very well could be falsifying data. I don't want to accuse him of it, but sure. we know people do. Right. If it's reproducible, then I'm like, oh, wow. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah. So it's promising. I'm not 100% sold yet. That's cool, though. I like that. I, I like that. I um, that idea. I'd love to see where, where it goes. You know, if more people take that on. That's pretty awesome, especially with Alzheimer's. Yeah, there'd be some hope <laughs> for them, too. <laughs> yeah, I think this is all really interesting. And just to like kind of wrap up, because I know we've been going for kind of a while. Have you guys ever heard of the idea of resonance? Maybe. So, so it's this idea that 
when one object is oscillating at a certain frequency, it can cause another object to oscillate at that same frequency. Mm -hmm. We saw this uh, at the Tacoma Bridge, actually. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this video of the Tacoma Bridge vibrating because the wind is blowing so hard. Mm -hmm. Woo, that's... That looks like a fun ride. That's a wobbly bridge. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, matter can be impacted so intensely by sound, by waves. It's not like they're totally separate things. And while I was thinking about all of this, I was thinking about those experiments we used to do when we play music for plants or how parents would play Mozart for babies while they're in the womb. or So they'll be a musical genius or something, right? Yeah. So I think on some level, we recognize the importance of sound, of music, and all these things we take in. And I know one of my favorite parts of church during is worship time, right? When you get to sing, and not like the Jesus is my boyfriend songs, like the actually good (laughs) songs, like Amazing Grace. Like when I I get into Amazing Grace, oh my gosh, the hymns. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's... I don't know. I don't want to say you transcend or anything like that, but it feels like more than just singing a song. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have, an, I have another one for you. Ooh. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. ready. Joshua 6. Hmm? Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because, because of the people of Israel. None yeah. went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and, its, and the mighty men of Fowler. You shall march around the city. All the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. So the six days they march all the way around the city. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. They do. This is this is a very specific set of instructions that is very much based on sound and resonance. Yes. They, they march around every day for six days, like destabilizing whatever this is. And yeah. then on the seventh day, they do it seven times, blow the trumpets in a very specific way. And at very specific timing, it's it's. I love it. All these marches, then the trumpets, then you all shout and the walls fall down. Yep. This is. This is a scientific yeah. set of instructions. This isn't uh, a, just believe me and I'll do a miracle for you. Right. The walls fell because they did the steps. Right. Yes. Because they did an actual scientific experiment. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love that too. <laughs> it was so good. It's, it's been a theory I've heard before and I love it. And it makes more sense now that you've talked about this, Jess. And it, what I love about that story and other things in the Bible is it's not this like magical fairy tale where, like you said, like, just believe me and it comes true. Like, no, like this, like Noah with the ark, things like that. That's very specific. Mm-hmm. You could replicate it to, to some degree or at least um, have an You can have an idea. You can see it. It's right. not like, like I said, a fairy tale where it's like, oh, they ran around and blew trumpets and it was beautiful and fanciful, whatever very specific and it worked mm-hmm. and it happened when they and found the wreckage of Jericho, at yes. least, you know what they found? Nope. The walls fell out. Yes. Yes. 
They fell out. They fell out. Like that they had been attacked from the inside. No, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. They don't fall. And so, like, yeah. if the sound was coming in and it was the sheer pressure of the sound, they would cave in. But if they were oscillating, it would be during that outward oscillation. And it would that crack they, open. Yep. Holy cow. Look into it. You should you should do an episode yeah. on this, Elise. Yeah. That would uh, be the awesome. archaeology of Jericho would be would be cool. We've talked about it. It's like <laughs> on our list of things to do. So many things so, we want to talk about. So you're right. And I actually it would I should just switch it up for next week because it'd be this would be a great segue into Jericho. <gasps> maybe I will. Maybe you will. It is definitely maybe I'll have to now. But <laughs> I know what be, were you planning on talking about this week? So yeah. Week from today, I was going to talk about the cursed tablet that they found at Mount Ebal, which was um, in 2019. And the thing about this one that I really want to talk about, so there was a peer review done, of, I think, 2021. And then the second one has came out this year. And what I love about this story, not only is it a really cool, uh, tiny <laughs> lead tablet that they found that could be oh, tiny it looks like a cracker it does look like a cracker i think it's just a little bit bigger than a postage stamp yeah tiny and the ramifications from this like the consequences from this could be huge in so many ways but i also love that they're going through the academic process of getting right. this to be legitimate Right. And when we, when PJ and I rambled about Ron Wyatt, <laughs> I don't know if anybody got anything I love good out that of that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you see this guy who has a lot of claims, and then you have something like this, the cursed tablet, and we can watch it in real life, if you will, unfold. Yeah, they can't unfold it, but you know what I mean. They, uh, so you can see like how they're actually going through the steps to make this legitimate and to um, let the academic process take place. And so that I'm getting really nerdy about it already, but that's what I was going to talk about. But maybe we'll just put a pin in that one for later. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you guys will just have to find out next week. You, yeah, find out. <laughs> Freda called the the lead tablet for a snack. For a bit of snack. For a don't bit of eat snack. it. <laughs> Do not eat the cursed tablet. Don't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> on that note we hope you guys enjoyed today's crazy episode it's been super fun it's yeah. been super duper fun and hey actually before we go since abby's here in two weeks i think yes you and pj are gonna have like a little meet and greet here yes. in michigan yes on the uh 26 yeah. yeah we had the little yeah. graphic yeah. that wednesday Wednesday yeah. the 26th at 1 p.m. at Lansing Brewing Company in Michigan. We are doing a meetup. I will be there. Yay. PJ will be there. You will be there, Elise? I will be there. Yay! Yay! All the cool kids. I'm crashing the party. <laughs> I see how it is. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I wish I could be there. I have to get ready to start the school Aww. year, sadly. <laughs> I know. Darn. So, yeah. I'm going to crash the party. But Do if it. you're in the area or could be close to it, Come check it out because I think it's going to be a good time. And we'll actually see each other in person. Yes, finally. Yay. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what we have. Co what's coming up for Conspiracy Pilled next week? We are doing, you know? uh, PJ is doing Reptilians, which is, Ooh. I think, timely Ooh. since everyone's been suggesting that the person on the plane, uh, mm, the, yes. the not real motherfucker, was uh, <laughs> actually, 
Yes. A reptilian. So that's what's up. I like it. Yay. I love it. Well, hang around. If you are over on Rumble, we're going to do some chat. We're going to look at some memes. I'm super excited. Thank you so much, Abby, for joining us this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will see you guys next time.